My name's Ross Anderson. I'm excited to be here and introduce a brand new podcast. I'm going to work on with friends and colleagues locally here in Eugene, Oregon, and also across the country and across the world. We're naming this podcast Inside the Box and explain that a little bit more. This podcast is going to be really all things creativity, education, and really human development, more broadly speaking. We're excited about this because it's the cultivation of quite a few years of work that we've been doing together. Our colleagues with Creative Engagement Lab and, gosh, educators, I think at this point, something like 200 educators at least across Oregon. And it's the cultivation of that collaboration. People with an artistic background and background in psychology and social sciences and education and leadership all coming together to find solutions um, to this, some of the stickiest problems, both in, in just teaching and learning and also in how to make school feel um, like it's really a place for possibility. Um, you might hear my dog in the background. Uh, Tansy, Tansy. Tansy's here. She, she has uh, very loud footsteps um, and she breathes pretty hard too. She's a collie and uh, is one of the friendliest creatures I've ever met in my life. So we are, uh, we're calling this podcast Inside the Box for a couple different reasons. First of all, we are going to talk a lot about metaphor in this podcast uh, across episodes. It's become this uh, kind of calling card for us when we talk about creativity, learning, teaching, integration of creative and, and, and artistic experience into the classroom. It's this, it's a ubiquitous opportunity for uh, creative expression and, and for unique, diverse perspectives on a common learning material or common learning experience. So inside the box for us is a big metaphor filled with potential. Um, and you might be asking, well, wait a minute, inside the box, what about thinking outside of the box? And that's the catch. Um, thinking outside the box is this uh, kind of age old idiom that we've come to associate with creative thinking and creative making. And it's got a unique history. Um, it's kind of a little bit wishy-washy and vague in terms of its origins, but most people attribute, uh, Wikipedia and others, attribute um, this phrase, thinking outside the box, to this game that dates back at least decades, if not more than a hundred years called the nine dot puzzle game and so you're going to picture this with me it's a it's a box that's made up of nine dots and so kind of a perfect square with dots uh, all around the edge and inside and the challenge is to trace through all nine dots inside the box without lifting the pencil without retracing a line that's already made and in four lines or less and there's only a solution, a single solution um, to this problem. And it is to draw outside of the box and to go beyond the lines, the dots, and actually bring the line back through to trace through uh, the last pieces of the dots. Um, so therein lies the origins of this phrase. And 
it's great. You know, it's a, it's, it's, there's interesting because there's only one solution to this puzzle and one of the foundations of creative development and creative thinking is really actually finding multiple solutions and there being multiple ways and multiple perspectives to a problem. Um, the other, there's another issue though with this idea of thinking outside the box because a really important aspect of creativity is constraints. You can't have creativity flourish if there are no parameters. In fact, it is maybe where the most anxiety comes from when you ask people to sit down and come up with a new idea for something or, or, or generate um, a new drawing or whatever it might be. And, and that's real. The anxiety is real there because it's, you know, the constraints are necessary um, to, uh, you know, kind of find a path toward a solution or an idea. Um, I mean, it's like sitting down and thinking like, all right, well, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? And when I come home and I'm tired and I'm, you know, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? It's like a, can be like a really anxiety producing question if I have no constraints over what the options are. Um, and if I haven't thought about it earlier in the week of here are the ingredients that I'm going to get at the store. And maybe, I mean, I love mushrooms. I eat mushrooms uh, more than almost any other thing. And so I, you know, it's one of my ingredients that I, I bring into a lot of different dishes. Um, and if I don't have some of these constraints, then it is an overwhelming feeling of hopelessness, maybe. And that's real, and that comes in the creative process, whether it's in small forms, as we'll talk about in a moment, or, or bigger forms. Um, so thinking inside the box is really about constraints. And we're we're going to make this podcast really focused on, on, on the issues and challenges and opportunities inside education. And there are a lot of constraints in the classroom. There's a lot of constraints in schools. Uh, there are constraints everywhere you turn in an educational environment. And they're necessary and they're also, you know, can be, feel like they're really challenging and overwhelming. Um, and without a doubt, you know, a lot of scholars and authors and educators and thinkers out there look at all these constraints in education and say they are they are crushing creativity. They are, you know, they are reducing these classrooms to um, mechanical, you know, uh, rote memory and and all these different things to just create test takers. And surely that is in some way true in some cases. Um, however, you know, you flip the script on it a little bit, and these constraints can actually really be the foundational ingredients to really creative opportunities in the classroom. Um, and, and that's a, that's kind of one of the major cruxes of what we're, what we're going to talk about in this podcast. And, um, and I want it like even just back up because I've, I probably use creativity, like, I don't know, even in just the first few minutes of this introductory episode, I've probably said creative or creativity a dozen times, maybe more. Um, so important to say like what is creativity let's define it a little bit and we're going to be wrestling with defining and and navigating through the thicket of creativity for you know a lot of these episodes and and pulling it apart and seeing it from all these different angles and um 
And it's important to, to get a sense from this very beginning stage of what do we mean when we say creativity. And, and there's a couple things that I'm going to talk about um, at this introductory level. And one is that creativity describes phenomena. It's not an entity itself. It's not something that you can take away or give, which is you know important to think about because it's not in schools and suddenly it's being crushed and removed. It's always there. It, the opportunities are always there. It's a distinction. Is, is a learning environment more creative than another one? Is the idea that a student's bringing about a solution to a math problem more creative than this other idea? It's a distinction. It's not a thing. So creativity is, is also kind of based on the judgment of it being original and new and novel and fresh and surprising maybe even, while also being meaningful and not just being entirely irrelevant. Um, and that doesn't mean that things that might feel irrelevant to one person might feel humorous and actually really great to another person. And so this does bring in the question of, you know, if creativity is about being original and being relevant and meaningful and effective, who gets to define what is meaningful and effective? And what's wonderful about that is that every person out there gets to judge for themselves when they have a creative idea about how to use mushrooms, maybe in dinner tonight. Um, that, that idea is first creative to me. If it's new and meaningful, it's creative. It doesn't have to be new and meaningful to anybody else. It's this, this sort of like introductory and, and foundational distinction in creativity. Um, I'll give you an example for anyone who's coming from the Pacific Northwest where we are. Um, kombucha is just like in so many people's homes now. Um, it's one of those, uh, SCOBY is a, the kombucha uh, mother that kind of produces uh, the kombucha and that, the, um, that feeds off of the caffeine and sugar. And uh, they are like, uh, I don't know, SCOBYs around here are probably um, about as populated in homes as like, you know, uh, I don't know, yeast? <laughs> for baking bread, uh, it's really common. And you have these home kitchen laboratories. And I, I have been doing this now for about a year. And um, I'll try to think of new ingredients to put into kombucha to flavor it. And it can be citrus. It can be, you know, anything. It can be spicy. Um, and so if I come up with a new ingredient combination, um, you know, it might be and it might taste great and I might be like, wow, that's new to me and it's creative and it, it's going to give me a sense of accomplishment and, uh, and maybe possibility and confidence to try something else. And if I share with somebody who maybe has like a defined palate for kombucha and some high quality standards and they find it new and meaningful, um, hey, who knows? Like it's, it's even a little bit more creative because it's been identified and and valued by somebody else. Um, and so this kind of just grows in terms of distinction. It could uh, potentially, just through the grapevine, find its way to a local kombucha brewery, and they they want to now brew this recipe, and it's now being enjoyed by like, you know, hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of people. So it just kind of keeps getting a little bit more uh, valued 
and meaningful and uh, its impact is just greater and greater. And so the distinction just gets a little bit higher. And then this sort of this next level can can be where it's like, hey, maybe it wins a contest out there um, and it really reaches a claim. And so this idea, this this actual recipe is what is being defined as creative. If I suddenly go into business to brew kombucha and I just become this rock star kombucha brewer, um, I might become eminent enough that I'm like really reaching this sort of big C creativity. So my little C creativity, my little mini C creativity of first finding that ingredient combination in my home kitchen laboratory um, with time, with consistent you know effort and risks and 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 all of that um you know it, it can become something that's a really big c creativity kind of thing um so creativity is it's a distinction it's not a thing and i just want to put that out there i often really like to think of using instead of saying creativity using that word actually of saying creative what so it's a creative recipe or it's a creative um Gosh, this is a creative friendship that we have, Jordan, because we get to we're talking on a podcast right now, and we're and this is what we get to develop, and um, and so it's a distinction, it's not a thing, and it's really kind of helpful to think about that distinction starting very, very personal, being at the the meaning making level of an individual before anything else. Um, I don't know that kind of cracks open, makes it very democratic, and in a lot of ways is sort of revolutionary for the way that a lot of people think about creativity. And, and um, what I got to give a shout out because this, this work is funded by a U.S. Department of Education federal grant. Uh, and really in this grant, um, the kind of major driving purpose is to bring new ideas, new strategies to teachers all over the state of Oregon and beyond. Um, we're going to be working with teachers in Philadelphia before too long. Um, and it's to bring new ideas about creativity and new ideas about how, how they can integrate uh, the creative experience, the creative process into um, the classroom and the driving vehicle being different artistic practices. Um, so this project's called Make Space. Uh, people can find more information at www.makespaceproject.org. Um, I think that's right, the makespaceproject.org or makespaceproject.com, both ones. Um, we'll get you some information and they're linked and we'll, we'll definitely come back to this uh, in, the, in the outtake um, and make sure that we provide a link to get more information. Um, the Makespace Project, it's, uh, it's just this really fun endeavor and it's, it's building off of uh, the ArtCore Project, which you can find more information about at artcorelearning.org. Um, these federal grants are really important they um they, they provide uh, some of the only funding coming from the federal u.s department of ed uh, for arts and education and arts integration across the curriculum uh, the goals really of that project are are developing um, the creative skills knowledge attitude of teachers uh, and translating that to improved learning for students uh, pursu pers uh, improved engagement in the classroom and um you know, so far we've been shifting gears and, and adapting to the COVID-19 pandemic and the shutdown. And uh, thankfully we put a lot of our material online and a lot of the experiences online for teachers. And um, we are really thankful that a lot of teachers have been signing up across Oregon. 
Uh, and to date, we found some really great promising evidence that it's working. It's, it's shifting the beliefs that teachers carry. It's shifting the skill set. It's creating um, openings to, for teachers to think about how they can just focusing in on like five to 10 minute routines that, that they have in their classroom as the starting point, as the really the first seeds to plant to engage and integrate creative learning, creative teaching, creative engagement um, across the curriculum. And in these routines, there's just so many opportunities. And what's been really fun is that out of this work, it's all online. So, you know, everything that they document and, and share and create is, um, is spreading across this community of practice. And they've created amazing innovations already. Um, and we'll get to more of that in this podcast. So, you know, we're going to kind of, we're going to have a lot of um, teacher innovations, the kind of secret life of teachers, if you will, as a theme in this podcast. Um, before we end the podcast, this introductory, I'm going to definitely talk about the different types of different forms that we're going to be using uh, to tell the story and to engage um, people all over the country and all over the world. Um, and uh, the, the site for this podcast is also going to have a lot of material that people can kind of download and look at. Um, so one of the things that, um, you know, this podcast is going to be about a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, we think about creativity and culture in society and in education. It, it incorporates a lot of different disciplines and incorporates a lot of different um, ways of thinking about learning and teaching and as a total nerd in education and creativity it it for me it's just like opens up all these different bodies of research that um you know are are, are guideposts for us and they and they they kind of point us in different directions and one of these areas is around metaphor it's kind of the one of these like minimally studied areas in uh, how we make meaning and in linguistics and in embodied cognition and these different ways that learning happens. And yet it's so ubiquitous and it's all around us. Um, so let's just like crack open the metaphor inside the box, this podcast. You know, the box can represent the classroom where learning is happening. Inside that box, the box could contain... Uh, can contain ice cube trays, right? And and students are going to use these ice ice cube trays to uh, think about different ways of starting seedlings. Um, the box could be the classroom itself, and we could be imagining like how we're going to take a box and make it the most fun and playful and engaging environment to be learning in. Um, sort of an exploratorium of invention and creative insight. Um, what about cardboard boxes? I mean, everyone loves cardboard boxes. Everybody. Um, it's a, the building material. It's everybody's, almost everybody's first building material. Um, if you weren't lucky enough to have blocks as a kid, like cardboard boxes are there. And, uh, and you have somebody like Kane Monroy, who's one of the most famous nine-year-olds I, I think the world's ever seen, who built Kane's Arcade. Uh, and if you haven't seen Kane's Arcade, the, the short documentary, it's magical, pure magic. Um, and Kane built an entire elaborate cardboard arcade in the space next to the shop that his dad 
ran uh, in California. And and it, it turned into this um, movement. It's a movement across the world. I mean, talk about creativity hitting that big level of real impact. Uh, there's now a festival basically around the world that celebrates building cardboard arcades, um, thanks to Kane Monroy. Um, so cardboard boxes, what can we do with a cardboard box? You know, just the, like limitless possibilities. Um, so let's go back to inside the box. What is inside this box? What are the possibilities of a box? I mean, how can we think about even the interactions that students have with each other, the ideas that are exchanged, and the perspectives that are shared, and the ways that maybe teachers build relationship with ki relationships with kids to build that trust and that shared vulnerability? What if that's the box? What if the, the box is, is really these like protective, like, you know, inviting, permission-giving spaces for risk-taking and learning and shared vulnerability that, that teachers and students create together. I mean, that's, that's where the magic happens. That's where, where you see the talents of each of these young people um, and the space for them to thrive. Um, it's where inclusion happens. It's where the differences that people bring to the world um, and the diversity of lifestyle and belief systems and thinking ways and, it's, and knowing, ways of knowing. It's where that can happen and, and it can be, um, you know, the box is respect. It's a space of respect. Um, I don't know, the box is like, you can wear the box. It can be a, a costume for Halloween. Um, the box can be uh, a filled with surprises. If you go to, uh, when I used to go to the uh, pediatrician as a kid, one of my favorite things was to go and pull a, a little plastic toy out of the cardboard box that was sat in the corner. Um, you know, it's sort of this little space of delights. It's a, it's a you know, the box, it, it could be the larger world. It could be the school. So let's just think like, again, like the, a lot of our kids go to school in a box. It's a brick building or a concrete building or whatever it might be. Um, and what happens in there? I mean, what's the world that gets to be created? Um, so we are just going to spend a lot of time thinking inside the box. And I attribute this way of thinking about this um, and kind of this critique to a dear friend and colleague, um, Dr. Ron Baghetto, who I hope uh, we'll have on here. Um, just a wonderful, wonderful person and wonderful thinker about creativity education. Uh, probably one of my greatest mentors in this work. Um, and yeah, and, and it just in flipping this from think, not thinking outside the box, but actually thinking inside the box, it, it, it's really, it, it's critical. It's so permission giving and it changes our, our, our ability to just like focus in and observe and look for opportunities in these small ways rather than having to explore everything outside of what we're working in. And I tell you for teachers, what we have learned is you know, start small, like shift in small little ways, begin the shifts in small little ways, you know, going to teachers in the ARCOR project with big arts integration possibilities was often overwhelming and it didn't stick in a lot of cases because it's just too big. There's too many possibilities. So inside the box, there's, there's space for a developmental trajectory that starts off with that personal meaning making and and small little innovation after innovation uh it's where confidence can grow 
Um, and yeah, and then the box, you know, maybe the box gets bigger. Maybe the box transforms. Um, so we love that. And, and metaphor is just going to be this anchor for us throughout. Um, and, you know, we, maybe we're going to make this into like a metaphor marketplace where we are going to really exchange metaphor as if it has value. And, and uh, what could that look like? What will that feel like? Um, and we're going to share all kinds of fantastic metaphor that our teachers are coming coming up with. And um, and in some ways, our, our, this is a journey we're setting out on in this in this podcast. So we are going to be living through the journey of, I mean, personally for me, like learning how to, you know, enjoy this and commit to it and see it through and then also let it kind of keep growing and evolving in collaboration with Jordan and and our other colleagues, um, including the teachers we work with. So we're beginning this journey and along this journey, we are going to also come over and over again back to reflection. Um, when we worked with teachers in the MakeSpace project in their foundation course, you know, foundation course for creative engagement, arts integration, there's two cross-cutting strategies that we, we just hammer home, uh, we come back to, and it's in this experience, reflect, and grow process. So it's these three parts, you know, give experience or, or understanding a new knowledge, and then reflect on that how does it look in our world, in my life? How does something, what does the definition of creativity mean to me? How does it resonate for me? Um, and then growing from that, how do I now take that and, and use that new understanding and, and personal meaning that I've made with it? How do I grow into my work or into my life? And so reflection is just like, it's just this really quintessential part of what we're gonna talk about. Um, and we're gonna be drawing a lot of reflections from educators. So if you're an educator and you're hearing this and you'd like to be part of a, an episode and, and work with us to build that story out, um, let us know. And, and it's going to be something that I think um, for each of us, actually one of our first couple episodes coming up is going to be about um, being a beginner. What does it mean to be a true beginner? And so talk about reflection, going back into our stories um, of really being a beginner at something and what that felt like. The thrill, the trepidation, the surprises, um, and where are we now beginners elsewhere in our, in our life, in our lives. And um, so reflection's key. Um, John Dewey, you know, amazing kind of emergentist philosopher, uh, you know, kind of a foundation of, of American education in some ways that's best in its ideal as a democratic space. Um, you know, he, he thought that growth doesn't actually happen in learning something new. It happens in the reflection upon that learning. And we believe that too. And, and we're seeing research that actually really um, underlines that and, and highlights that. Um, for instance, we have a study that we just completed and, and it's going to be published soon in the journal um, Psychology of Aesthetics, Creativity and the Arts. And we found that the reflection that kids were able to do on their own creative process in this creative task uh, was the really the most important factor of actually producing something creative. And it sort of gives them this agency in that experience to sort of see, see their process, see their, their strategy, uh, understand their strengths, see the contextual situation they're in. And all of that is 
you know, it seemed to be incredibly important to actually producing something that was that was creative. So we we think it's it's a undervalued aspect of education. We we are going to talk about a lot about different kinds of ways of doing reflection. It doesn't all have to be in writing. Here we're going to be doing a lot of reflection in storytelling. Um, reflection can be done through music. It can be done through um, poetics. It can be done through even embodied process or gesture. Um, and yeah, and it's going to be a space we're going to play in. We're going to we're going to look for what people are doing out there um, to bring reflection in the classroom. And we're going to kind of reinforce over and over that it's so important to make space in a classroom period for reflection. And students will grow to love it, especially if it's not always in one format or the other. Um, I'm, I'm also really excited about this, this podcast um, to kind of combine two different areas of my personal interest and, and, and passion, which is arts and integration of arts in schools and in learning and in the home with issues of equity, culture, and social justice. And there are just some amazing examples out there. There are amazing artists doing this in their work. There are amazing teachers and organizations who are bringing um, really unique experiences to students and taking big risks too to, to actually talk about very difficult topics like race um, and using the arts as a space to actually um, create the invitation for multiple perspectives to allow it to be personal and to also think about it in a more complex way and think and make sense of these really difficult topics in more and more complex in, in, in complex and, and uh and diverse ways. Um, equity, I think, you know, the arts and, and, and creative development to me is one of our primary issues of equity. Um, if we're not preparing the creative potential of young people and giving them the space to explore their own identities and, and each other in, in the arts, then it's, it's a real depravity. It's, it's, it's a major inequity. Um, and right now we do have major inequity in terms of opportunity to learn in the arts and in creativity. Um, the arts also just break open different cultural experiences and cultural forms. So we think it's, um, it's going to be really exciting to look at kind of cultural responsive and culturally inclusive ways that, um, and so I'm sorry, and also culturally sustaining ways that um, teachers and schools are adapting what they're doing through the arts and 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 with the creative process um and and i i i'm excited to just learn a lot in this podcast about these different areas um to me you know personally it's even going to be this space of just also working out for myself where where are the soft spots in the way that I'm thinking about this and, and challenging my own assumptions and challenging our own assumptions and our biases as a, as a group, um, putting this together. And, um, and then even, you know, where, where does this situate within our identities, um, and our, our own creative identity and how can we, you know, take risks through this podcast even to just, um, show up and, and share 
you know, the challenge of, of building creative practice in a, in a daily way and, um, you know, what, what that brings to our lives and, um, and yeah, and some of our own biases. And, um, you know, for me, I, I think about um, individual young people out there um, is sort of my why. And I think about um, these young women who put together this dance performance back when I worked in Norwich, Connecticut, um, organizing a bunch of after school programs and summer programs. And, um, and I just remember this group of young women who spent about three months after school um, it was, a, it was a diverse group. I think there were probably like seven or eight um, black students and maybe there were a couple white students and there were some Latinx students. And it was a very diverse district. North Connecticut actually happens to, you know, there were 4,000 kids in the school district and 37 languages spoken. So incredibly diverse group of kiddos. And they showed up three days a week to design their own choreographed pieces. And they worked with this, with this beautiful teacher and these kids, you know, they were working, they were, they were learning these, these moves and, and these routines in a cafeteria. They'd move all the tables aside and they'd, and they'd just go for it. And they, they weren't shy about it. Other students were in this after school program, about 150 kids, and they would walk by and they'd be in there dancing hard, sweating and, and, and creating. And, um, and they were, you know, adapting songs and they were integrating all kinds of different ideas that they had about the world and about movement and their bodies. And they produced a show that knocked my socks off. And I remember seeing it and I was brought to tears. And I don't know, there are these moments that we have. If you've worked with young people, if you've worked in education, there are these moments where you just see viscerally the talent, and the possibility. And it's just the key to unlocking um, the reason for them to, to pursue their dreams and, uh, and show us, uh, how to be better people, <laughs> better adults. And, um, and so I want to, I want to, you know, really situate this also within the amazing work that young people are doing and find a way to celebrate that and express it, um, and bring in guests who are, who are doing work with young people and, um, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, through our website featuring this podcast, be able to like really, you know, link to some of the things that young people are doing. And, um, and I'll always just go back to that performance that, you know, left me bawling uh, my eyes out and um, just stunned with the, the beauty and, and potential that had just been unleashed. Um, and the way that they came together and hugged. And I'd, I'd seen them fight, and get into arguments and, you know, it's this vulnerable space that we know is so critical to build bridges to each other. And, and it's in, it's in creative work together. So, um, I hope that we can, uh, reach you out there and, and that you will engage with us and, um, and follow us and hope that what we're going to talk about and, and put out there in the world is going to be meaningful to educators, to parents, to young people. And, uh, so before ending, I want to just uh, talk a little bit about the format. So we're going to have, um, you know, maybe some monologue type, uh, <laughs> you know, 
talking pieces that um, it was something that feels really important to get out there. I really like some of the work that other people do in that way in podcasts and, and it's sort of, it can get really personal. And so maybe, maybe we'll be there on some of these episodes. We're going to have interviews with people who um, I, whose work challenges me, it inspires me, it, it, um, it's changing the world in, in their um, neighborhood, in their, in their city, in their town. Um, it's, it's shifting the way that people think about, um, the work across states. So we're going to talk to people who are doing some really cool stuff and, uh, and breaking it down for us. Um, whether it's issues around creativity and education, the arts, uh, specific art disciplines like drama, um, social justice and equity and the arts. It's going to be a really exciting kind of diverse group of people. And um, these are people that I, I, I hold dear to my heart and have done work with. Um, and we'll release a few of these as we kind of solidify the, the timeline. Um, but those interviews are going to be, you know, they'll be sprinkled throughout. We're also designing episodes that are really about telling um, the story of the creative process and creative development in teaching, learning, and just personal growth um, grounded in, in the research. So it's going to be a combination of storytelling and um, research tidbits of, of all of the fantastic work that people are doing, scholarship that people are producing in creativity and in the arts. It's an amazing field of research. Um, I, am, I feel so lucky to be part of this community. And, um, and so we're going to be pulling in some of these, these little tidbits of, of research and, um, and nuggets of gold. And, and wrapping them in, in story. And so those will be shorter episodes. Um, look for those. And who knows what else? We may, we may drop in some little performances or um, pieces that we think are really, are kind of just valuable to share on air in this format and, um, and any other ideas that come to us. So those are the things that are, you know, you can kind of look for and we'll have uh, the first couple episodes will be out there um, shortly. Um, You'll probably see one if you uh, are able to listen to this first introductory episode. And uh, please give us feedback. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of. Um, and check out the rest of the website. Look for the resources that are there. And if you're interested in taking any of the courses, uh, let us know. We're, we're just trying to expand and expand and expand and, um, and not uh, fall apart <laughs> by growing too quickly in, uh, in all this. So... Um, on that note, I really hope you you can find uh, moments in, of creative engagement for yourself today and tomorrow. Set the conditions for yourself. Um, take those risks. You know they're beautiful every single time. And be kind to yourself and be a gentle critic and um, and let go. Just let go of perfect. It doesn't exist. It's philosophically at odds to growth and to the mistakes that are portals to our discoveries, our new and uh, exciting possibilities. That was really great, actually. <laughs> <laughs>